What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Fresco Report, guys. It's Taco Tuesday. It's 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 all kinds of crazy Tuesday out in this world, guys. Everybody, be safe and 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 do what you got to do to be safe. And if you're protesting, protest. That is your right, Joe. How are you doing? Ready to rock and roll, man. Ready to rock and roll. You know, like you said, uh, lot, lots of things going on in, in the U.S. right now. But uh, time time to take a little bit of a break and get back to uh, Cowboys football, man. Cowboys football, indeed. Um, let, let, let's talk about what the news broke today for all NFL 32 teams. Joe, Dallas Cowboys got to host training camp in Frisco. This is the first time in a long time the Dallas Cowboys is not holding at least the first half of training camp in Oxnard, California. Uh, reaction to that? I mean, was it kind of expected with the pandemic and all this? Yeah, you, you know, you and I have been really on top of this from the, from the jump. You know, we, we've really been staying on top of this COVID and, and the effects on the NFL, and this is one of them. You know, we talked about the face mask and that kind of thing last week. And now, you know, it is coming through fruition that the NFL is announcing that the teams will stay local. Okay, so that means uh, the star, you know, in Frisco. So that's uh, – and I think it's the right thing. You know, flying around and this and that and, you know um, – it just it makes for uh, it makes for the potential of uh, something to go wrong. You know, you you want to remove some of that out of the equation. I think there's there's two decisions the NFL made, and what's great about it is the NFLPA, the Players Association, is agreeing on it. Number one, no joint practices, so no no teams can compete against each other uh, during training camp, and um, the other one is the health and safety protect players and staff are consistent with sound approach to risk management in current environment. So just, you know, keeping public out, eliminating, you know, in any kind of exposure to the outside in. So the NFLPA and the NFL agreed on this. It's a step in the right direction. Like you said, Joe, we've been talking about this for a while. And it sounds like other sporting uh, franchises are like basketball, major, major league baseball. If, if they start playing, Joe, that almost guarantees us a football season. Yeah, it's it's definitely – it'll be a good litmus test for, you know, the sports um, leagues that, that, that come after the people that start. It looks like the MLB is really having the hardest time with this. You know, um, they're talking about cutting pay and this and kind of, that kind of thing. But um, I think the NBA is going to be really the, the one here to really watch. <clears throat> because they're, they're talking about doing it like a centralized location, the ESPN Wide World of Sports and, and Disney World. So uh, it'll be interesting to see if at some point when it gets closer for the NFL, does that become some of that that the NFL has to consider? You know, will there be, you know, one or just, will there be one or two stadiums, like maybe like neutral sites, you know, a, a collegiate stadium or something like this? I'm mean, Who knows, you know, we know that, um, they they want stadiums to be full. I mean, the president's coming out here saying he wants full state. I don't I don't see that happening. Um, but it is good that the, that the NFL starting later. You know, we're we're talking about the summer. Uh, but you know, everybody's got to stay vigilant. You know, we we don't want this to mm -hmm. to get derailed and then we don't get to watch football. That's that's the main thing that concerns me the most is. You know, uh, people getting a little bit too uh, loose with the things and uh, as if this thing's not here anymore. It's still here, everybody. So don't let your guard down. So I, I don't know, Mike, what, what's your take on 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 this, man? 
I, I, I love it. It's a step in the right direction. And the Dallas Cowboys, they will be allowed to hold training camp workouts at the headquarters in Frisco and at AT&T Stadium. So you want to talk about incorporating how you're going to run the season. If there's no fans, this is a perfect way to do it, Joe. Yeah. And they can, they can, they can get used to it however they want to do it. I know Deshaun Des- Jackson made a comment about don't, don't, and, and don't do fake crowd noises, mic up players. Um, but that's going to, you know, when they're calling plays and stuff like that, the mics can't be on. So, you know, that, that if, they, if they do that, mix with some, falk, with some false crowd noise, you know, I think that would be pretty interesting. But at the end of the day, we're here to watch football, even if it's in our homes. Crowd noise, no crowd noise, mic'd up. As long as I see our Dallas Cowboys on that football field getting, get, getting prepped for a season, that's great news for me. And to simulate how things are going to be without fans in the stadium is a huge plus. Yeah, it's good, man. I think the NFL is doing the right thing. Obviously, I think this is the the right thing to do. You know, I know it's a bummer for fans not able to go to training camp and that kind of thing. But you know, until the vaccine is is uh, up and running, um, you know that that that's uh, that's the world we're living in. And then for the NFL and the games, you know, like like we talked about a couple of podcasts back. You know, you watch the UFC. There's no uh, there's no crowds, but as you're you're focused in as a fan, you're focused in on the action. You really do forget that there's no crowd there. So um, now for the NFL, you know, you're talking about larger area. You you might see that, you know, but I, I feel like the I feel like they're going to focus in on the action. I don't think we're going to see wide angle shots. You're going to probably see maybe like shots from the top. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like like kind of like uh, how they did. I think it was, I think it was like NBC or, or one of these. Maybe it was CBS. I forget which one. But they uh, they started to utilize the different camera angles, kind of like Madden, kind of like you know. So yeah, let's see what they do. I think that's what they're gonna do. You know, you focus in on the action. You don't even notice the crowds out there. So um, I think we'll be okay, man. I, I really do. And um, tr- starting with training camp, maybe we're gonna get more uh, concentration from the players and that kind of thing. Maybe there won't be. A, not, not that there is, but I mean, you never know. It's, there's distractions from the crowd and that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Home field advantage is a thing. I mean, go ask Seattle. You know, the twelfth man is twelfth man for a reason, right? Cowboys stadium so big. It, it's even hard to have a home field advantage. I mean, the only time there's really a home field advantage is when they're hosting a playoff game. I mean, it, it's decked out. Head. I mean, state every seat, every standing room availability is all Cowboy fans. And you have that playoff atmosphere. So it could be some different home field advantages coming in here. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's uh, I, I, I don't know if, I don't even know if it will be a home field advantage. It, it might be, um, well, you know, maybe it will because there won't be the crowd noise. But then again, right. as a home team, I think, uh, I think I've heard a couple of players talk about this already that they, they do like the, uh, the home crowd pumping them up, you know? So I, I think that that's a little bit of a, a negative as far as like your home team, you know, getting that momentum, especially on defense, you know, the defense loves to, to get that ruckus going and it, it does help them. You know, that, that's, big, that's a big part of the 12th man, you know, on, on, the 12th man really helps the defensive side of the, of that team there. And I think that's across the board for a lot of teams around the NFL. So I think that will be, one negative of not having fans in the stadiums, you know? Oh, absolutely. I think you're a hundred percent right. And, but we'll, we'll see how they adapt. Like I said, 
get this training camp in, practice in that stadium with no fans and get used to it. You know, I mean, you're going to be able to hear the audibles and, and all kinds of stuff. And, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of film work, a lot of film preparation on signals and their, their audio calls. You know, Peyton Manning was the best just calling things out there, you know. Oh, yeah. You know, can can quarterbacks develop that kind of thing in a quiet stadium? Well, let, let's move on here, Joe. We, we can all say that any player getting added to the Dallas Cowboys roster is pretty minimal at this point. The NFL draft is in the books. But let, let's, let's break down the offense, Joe. Okay. And let, let's, let's talk about it as a whole unit uh, before we start getting into the wrinkles. And, you know, let, let, let's start with position groups, basically. The offensive line, how satisfied are you? Travis Frederick retired. You know, there's a few guys like Cameron filming that walked away. You know, obviously, Chaz Green's already been gone. But how confident are you in the offensive line position? The offensive line, actually, I I feel pretty good. The the only question mark for me, well, it's the two, really. It's your center and guard, you know. Uh, But I think that this this, um, question mark will uh, delve itself out during, uh, you know, camp. You know, we're going to find out. Who's going to be center? Is it going to be Looney? And then they then Tyler Biadish starts some somewhere in the season. Maybe that's it. Maybe they throw him. Maybe they throw Biadish to the Wolves and get him going. You know, he comes from a from a well-rounded program. These guys chug out NFL-ready offensive linemen left and right every year, right? So I'm not really so worried about center guard. There's another question, right? So Connor Williams. Is he going to be the answer there, or are we trying to find? Are the Cowboys trying to find somebody to beat him out and and kind of take their loss there? They took him in the second round, and it looks like uh, they're not getting their bang for the buck there, Mike. So yeah, outside of that, you know, I feel good about the depth. You know, I know they added Irving, but I think maybe he's more of a camp body. He's a first round bust. I think he's more of a. Uh, a salvage project, you know, Will McClay likes to do these salvage projects for a former first round bus and that kind of thing to see if he can revive the career. Um, I think they did an okay job with Jonathan Cooper. So I think they're trying to get, see if they can hit on that magic for urban to be a, you know, a swing kind of player, you know? Um, but yes, you know, depth there for Tyron Smith, you, you got to make sure you're, you're locked in there because the back flares up. We know, we know the history there with that. But Lyle Collins, I think, is probably your second best player on this offensive line right now. I honestly, I have Zach Martin as my as my goat, and then I have Lyle Collins as my second guy. Tyron Smith's my third best offensive lineman, in my opinion. You know, I feel that Lyle Collins really made that leap at right tackle last year, and uh, I think he's really solidified himself there at right tackle, Mike. Absolutely. And how I feel about the offensive line, you know, Tyron Smith, he's going to give you 13 games. If he gives you 16, it's rare. And I and I understand you, where you placed him third best. And I, I think it's right. I mean, he, you know, he's getting older, back issues. Like I said, he, he can give you 13 games. He can't give you 16. Uh, you, you look at that left guard position, Joe, you know, what what's that going to look like? McGovern, uh, Connor Williams, how's that going to battle out? Is it somebody that we haven't even – talked about that can go in there and, and really make a name for themselves and then you talk about that center position I think it's going to be Joe Looney's to start it and then maybe Tyler Ty, Tyler uh, number 63 I'm just going to say number 63 can can uh, go in there late in the season you know make some noise during practice and, and try to fulfill that spot um, 
but don't get me wrong, I have a lot of faith in Joe Looney. Last time I saw him play 16 games at center, he did extremely well. Um, and then you, you go to Zach Martin, the goats of goats, like you said, no problems there. Lyle Collins, the most underrated right tackle in all of football. And the, the swing position, you know, is it going to be Brandon Knight? Uh, would, it, would it be McGovern? You know, so swing position and uh, the left guard position is where my red flags are, Joe. But I have I have a great feeling and, and great uh, faith in, in, in Philbin, our offensive line coach. Switching positions here uh, as a group. Let's let's talk about the attachment of the offensive line. Let's talk about the tight end position. All right, how confident are you going in with the tight ends that the Dallas Cowboys have right now? Um, for me, I think for me on the offensive side of the ball, this is the biggest question mark for me. The biggest question position group, right? We're break, we're looking at the position group. I think this is the biggest one on offense because you're going on projection on, on all these guys. You're, you're going on projection as far as Blake Jarwin showed a couple splashes here, you know, when given the opportunity, but we got to see it for a full season, you know. Is he more of a is he more of a guy who really excels in, in, in you know, small quantities? Or can he be the the go-to tight end that you can count on him on every, on every down tight end, right? Like a Jason Witten, you know? Mm-hmm. That's that's the main thing. Is he better suited for small quantity, or is he going to be that guy? So that's a question mark. Nobody knows that. I mean, we can only go by the season that that uh, Witten retired and and they gave him the keys. He didn't look good. It, it wasn't good, you know. So it, it's a question mark for me. And then uh, Blake Bell, obviously, I, I like that one there. I, I like that addition. I think that's going to give you some physicality there in the blocking game, goal line. Um, jumbo sets and that kind of thing, and um, he can catch the ball too. You know, he played. Uh, he, he used to be the quarterback there for the Sooners, and they moved him over. So, could we see some trickery? All right, there could be some trick plays there from the tight end. We know there are these guys, McCarthy and uh, Philbin. They like to run some of these trick play type of deals. You got a guy there that can do it now. All right, and uh, Dalton Schultz and. Uh, McEwen, I think they'll be in the mix, but uh, I think it's a, it's going to be an all-out battle for everybody outside of Jarwin. Jarwin's your number one, and then a, a battle for all, for the other ones. Wide open for me. Yeah, absolutely. You know how how confident am I in Jarwin? How much did he really learn from Jason Witten? Dallas Cowboys gave him the realms under a previous era. You know what does Jarwin look like under Mike McCarthy? And that that's going to be the telltale sign. Um, I mean, you kind of look at how Jordy, how Jordan Nelson played. You look you look how Blake Jarwin plays. Different positions, I get it, but it's almost the same style what Blake Jarwin can do on the football field. And you, you then you go to you know Blake Bell doesn't have a lot of receptions, but the guy can block. And you know he he took that tight end position and and, and adjusted to it well. And then Dalton Schultz, you know, you're not seeing the Schultz, the blocking Schultz that we've seen there at Stanford. Mm-hmm. And that's unfortunate because there was a lot of hopes there. You know, he had nine balls thrown to him at college and he caught every single one of them. You know, this past year, you've seen a lot of holding penalties on, on Schultz and it just it just wasn't working out for that third tight end set. And uh, and then, you know, you talk about McCarron, the rookie, you know, what can he bring? And, you know, McCarron Schultz, that might be the battle here, Joe. Um, 
But, you know, tight end position, it's all projection. I can't say this is the best tight end group of the National Football League because there's really not a lot of experience on this tight end group. Will that hurt us in the run game? Will that hurt us on third and ones? It's it's too deep. It's really too beat determined. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's why it's my biggest question mark on, on the offensive side of the ball, really. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about the running back position, Joe. I mean, how, how confident are you uh, with the running back position? Running back position, I think we're fine there. Um, I, 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 I love what we have in place with Ezekiel Elliott, your workhorse, Tony Pollard, your your um, your second running back. I, I don't really like to call him a utility or switch up back. He's a, he's a running back. You know, coming out of Memphis, he kind of got the tag of a, of a change up, change up pace type of running back, but he held his own in Memphis. He could run between the tackles. Uh, he can catch the ball and he's got crazy speed. He hits that, that afterburners and he's gone. You know, if, if uh, this offensive line opens up those holes and they give him some more opportunities, he, he's going to blast through there and he's gone. He can take it to the house, you know, and that's something you and I have talked about here. When is the last time we've seen Ezekiel Elliott take one to the house? You know, it's not a, really a knock on him, but, you know, we, we haven't seen it happen here. And uh, if we want that, I think Tony Pollard is that guy that can definitely give you that home run, uh, you know, uh, opportunity. Uh, he's a dangerous weapon, a home run hitter for sure. Uh, and then outside of him, you know, you got a lot of other running backs that are going to be in the mix. You know, we still got Mike Weber. We still have, uh, you know, um, these other players that, that were on the team last year. And then we got Rico Dowdle, Darius Anderson, and uh, the fullback, right? I guess we can couple him into there. Alawale, he's going to have his hands full with the rookie out of TCU, Shewo, uh, and That's going to be a battle there. I'm, I'm thinking, for me, I'm hoping it's going to be the younger the younger guy that takes over this this game here okay but uh, yeah man I, I feel really good about the running backs and the fullback position i think uh i think we're good there i'm, I'm not really uh, it's not one that's really sweating me out right now going with projection here joe just to ask you a question before i give you my take here mm -hmm. to fill in a roster spot do they go three running backs one fullback or do they go two running backs one fullback I think they're gonna. I think at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I think they go two running backs and one fullback. Okay, you heard it there from Joe. So with me, I think they're gonna go three running backs, one fullback. You got you got fifty five spots. You can either put a quarterback there, or you can protect yourself at running back. And uh, but talking about position groups at all, Jamie's Alawale. You know, I know I know you have your opinion of him. But I really think this guy can excel. Um, they had Ch Mike McCarthy had Chung, that fullback Chung, and you know they, they try to use Chung out and, and, and catch those little uh, out and up routes uh, out of the fullback position, give a fake ISO look, right? And uh, sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. But what Jameez, I seen those flashes in a Raiders uniform. You kind of see those flashes in college. It, it, it never really worked out under the Jason Garrett era. It's almost like with Blake Jarwin, too, right? I want to see how Blake Jarwin does under Mike McCarthy. How does Jameez Awalie do under Mike McCarthy? They gave him a two-year contract for a reason. They picked up the option for a reason. And I think Kellen Moore is like, wait a minute, Mike. I think we got something here in Awalie. You know, for, for a rookie who, who you're very high on to come in and beat a vet like Jameez Awalie, I, yes, I get it, but it's still football. 
and knowledge can help you more than rookie mistakes. That's how Tony Romo got his collarbone broke against the New York football giants because of a rookie mistake for Fiametta not picking up a blocking scheme and it broke Tony Romo's collarbone. So do you, do you go with rookie mistakes or do you go with a veteran presence who has potential to go be successful? And then I'm very confident with the running back position as a whole. I mean, you talk about TP and Zig. I think that's a great dynamic duo, a two-headed monster. You don't even need a three-headed monster. Um, but if, you know, if you do, you know, Mike Weber might be that guy. And, you know, he's learning. He, I believe he was on practice squad last year. So, you know, where's his body at? Where's his mental mind at? Three running backs, one fullback. I think that's how they do it. And uh, I, I, I'm very confident at the running back position. Yeah, it's gonna be good competition, definitely on on the backside of the of that group for sure. Um, I can't wait to see how it shakes out. You know, I think we might be in for some surprises, but like you said, maybe they do stick with uh, with what they know. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. It's gonna be fun. It's very fun. Wide receiver Joe, how confident are you? Do the Cowboys go five wide receivers? Do they go six wide receivers? How confident are you in the wide receiver group? Uh, the wide receiver group is uh, is pretty good at the top part of it okay and i'm talking about your top three and it's uh you know it all starts with amari cooper uh michael gallup um cd lamb and then after that that's where the competition starts for me okay is it gonna be devin smith which i feel he's your deep threat you know he's got the speed he can give you something in the return game if they want to give him a look there um cedric wilson is still in the mix uh, mm. But he kind of gets dinged up, you know. So can you count on him? Noah Brown can't body for me. You know, everybody falls in love with the size. and But he's 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 another one of these guys that, that he'll get injured. He'll pull something in camp, and he won't finish camp. Probably won't play preseason. I, I don't have faith in him, man. I, I'm, I'm done with him. Um, so for me, Devin Smith, I think, is, is, is could be your uh, – could be your uh, – your fourth one. If you go five, who would that fifth one be? You know, do you, do you go with uh, John V. Johnson, another speedster? Do you go with one of the, uh, do you go with Aaron Parker, the uh, undrafted free agent out of uh, Rhode Island? Or do you go with uh, the, the, um, the Texas A&M receiver, six foot four type of presence? Do they want to go with, uh, you know, getting getting some size there. Do they want to take a look at him <clears throat> as a red zone threat? You know, throw up the ball and that kind of thing. So, um, I think uh, I think like I said on, on the top part of the of the depth chart there, you're really 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 strong. But after that, it's all um, it's open competition, and that's really what we want. You know, McCarthy wants to keep churning this this uh, roster. I know a lot of people are still talking about Wilson, Cedric Wilson, and this and that, but. Him and Noah Brown have had their uh, their time here for under Garrett, and um, you know, and that's something that McCarthy really doesn't. He's not known for, you know, dragging players' careers. If he doesn't see it, he's moving on. So we'll we'll see. Those guys will get their shot. We'll see what they do with it. Absolutely, I, I'm I'm pretty confident in the wide receiver group. Right. Let's start with the three headed monster: Mari Cooper, Michael Gallup, C.D. Lamb. After that, Joe, what do you got? Uh, Devin Smith, I think it would be a great addition to, to back up Michael Gallup 
or Amari Cooper. I see no problem with Devin Smith, the experience. He was a high second round pick with the with, with the Jets, just didn't work out with injuries. He came in here, he had good rapport with Dak. I mean, he got a deep ball against the Washington Redskins very early in the season, and then you, you didn't hear from him after that again. Again, that, that I think that's part of the old era. They don't give you as many chances because they take care of their quote unquote star players, right? And then I'm looking at special teams after that. Who can really contribute to special teams? And there's a guy named Vitell Bryant, number 83, who does great punt and kickoff coverage. He made a lot of tackles on special teams last year for the Dallas Cowboys. He caught a slant pass uh, from Dak Prescott for a touchdown there, but late in the season. So I'm looking at special teams, Joe. I think when you – Cedric Wilson, to me, cannot play special teams – Noah Brown, you said it already. He didn't have his stint. I don't see much for him um, here on this football team. So that, that gives me five wide receivers right there, special teams there. And then, uh, yeah, I, I, I think that's how I feel about, about the wide, wide receiver position. Am I wrong to feel that way? No, nah, you, you make a good point about uh, Vincel Bryant, you know, um, Special teams is, is going to be a focus for this new team, with this new administration. Um, not to say it wasn't for Garrett, but they just couldn't get, they couldn't find the, uh, they couldn't find that magic, you know, and I don't know if it was coaching. I'm pretty sure a big part of it was. That's why these guys aren't here anymore. But mm. uh, that combination of coach and player, they couldn't figure it out. You know, they couldn't figure it out. So, you know, you got to keep the players that perform well in special teams and, uh, you know, if that's what it takes to make the team, uh, Bryant, you know, that's that's going to take him a long way. You know, it really is. That's that's a good point on, on that player there, Mike. Absolutely. I'm always looking out for those special teams because you got to be special. And we were 32nd. We weren't so special, Joe. Last last position group, Joe, the quarterback position. All right. What you got for me on that? Quarterback position, I feel great about this because you got Dak Prescott, you know, the contract, franchise. I think this crap will get figured out by July 15th. Um, Cowboys are notorious for doing this, dragging their feet with Demarcus Lawrence, Ezekiel Elliott, uh, throw up the X, Des Bryant. Dak Prescott's just going to be in the, this, the same deal. You know, it's going to come down to, you know, the, the 25th hour, like all these other guys. I'm not worried about it. I know fans are tripping out about it about the price and is he gonna hold out is he gonna get trade i mean there's all kinds of stupid stuff going on but guys at the end of the day he will be the quarterback here and uh, he's got a winning record here okay and, and i love that he's gonna be coached under mike mccarthy um i think that's gonna be that's gonna bode really well and i think that's part of where Dak Prescott's looking at this, like this guy's going to really elevate me. We're going to win a lot of games here. Do I want to get stuck at this this price range when you know in a two years from now the market's going to be at this? You know, but anyway, um, Dalton, I think this was a phenomenal acquisition. Could be one of the, one of your top um, acquisitions of the off season. You know, we we gave him an honorable mention last week. Um, as far as players to watch and um, for, for good reason, you know, he, you know, stuck there in Cincinnati, you know, he, it's like, it's almost like the Browns, you know, your, your, your career is just stuck in uh, neutral there. Right. You know, they don't win a lot of games there, but I think you put him here under, under this program, you know, with my McCarthy, he'll be prepared. 
You know, if he needs to come in here and play a few games in a pinch, I think you can win with Andy Dalton. You know, he's he um, he's going to be a student of the game. We know that. He's one of the last ones out the door, so he's not cutting corners. He's got a lot of weapons at his disposal. You know, just just game plan for this guy. If you, if you have to put him in there to start, just get him get the ball to the playmakers. You know, Pollard, Lamb. Uh, we got a lot of them, so it, it, it's going to be hard to really screw that up. And uh, do they take a third quarterback? I think they do. You know, I, I think mm-hmm. they do carry a th- third quarterback, especially with the expanded roster. McCarthy's going to look for to develop a quarterback. You know, and it, is it Danucci? It could be, but you won't know unless you uh, give it a look. Okay, so carry him through the season. Let him run the scout team. He's very mobile. Um, I like the player. I like him a lot. I, I've been studying up on him. I have a video coming out on him here in, in a, uh, about two weeks, and um, I think it's. A, it, I know he's a, he's a late pick, right? He's a late pick, so some people might be like, ah, you know, late pick, this and that. But you know, McCarthy is your quarterback whisperer, and he has an eye for talent. You know, especially at the quarterback and wide receiver. Those are his two specialities when it comes to talent evaluation. And uh, he got the best working with that in uh, Green Bay. You know, he worked under great GMs who really helped him learn how to have a keen eye for talent. You know, Green Bay had a pretty good, they had a good uh, history of GMs up there. And uh, yep. so that really sharpened his tools. And, and, like, and like you and I have talked about, he's, he's played with the best. He knows what the best is. Joe Montana. Steve Young, Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers, he knows. He knows what it takes, you know. And um, I, I think they're going to give him a look. I think they're going to give that young kid a look and see see what he can be, Mike. Yeah, I 1,000% agree with you. And, you know, I, I feel great about the quarterback position than I have since Cal Lorton was our backup for Tony Romo. And, you know, th- this is like that scenario, right? Obviously, Kyle Orton choked against the Eagles week 17 and we didn't go to the playoffs, but it is what it is. But, uh, but no. And, you know, you know, I feel great with Dak Prescott. I feel great with Andy Dalton and I, and I'm, and I'm, I'm with you. I think they do carry three quarterbacks and I, and I think the guy is Ben Danucci and maybe uh, Clay Thorson is uh, your practice squad quarterback. And uh, you know, Mike McCarthy, Danucci, they got they got they got a lot of background together, and you know, to, to get drafted in the seventh round when they could arrest you in undrafted free agency pickups, they didn't do it. They didn't want to risk them. You know, yes, it is a seventh round pick, but they still invested that pick in them when they could have easily tried to offer him some money on the undrafted free agent list. And I think uh, I think they got a steal. I, I think he compliments Dak, and I, but he has to be developed right at the NFL level, and. Uh, you know, you don't want to risk them to get on your practice squad. I think Ben Danucci stays here on this football team. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, Mike. I agree. So we just went over the entire offense and broke every position group down for you, Joe. Now, what kind of wrinkles can we expect with everything we just talked about, Joe? What's five wrinkles that what we just talked about, these players, this offense, what can they bring to our TVs? Yeah, that's the thing, right? So – we're talking about, you know, they, they, uh, McCarthy's done various interviews. They've, they've tried to, to talk to uh, Kellen Moore in some interviews here and there. And so 
you kind of get a little bit of a clue as to how this is going to work and things, right? So um, it's going to be, from my understanding, it's going to be Mike McCarthy's system with Kellen Moore's language. Is that your understanding too, Mike? That's my understanding, Joe. Yeah. So that being said, this isn't going to, I mean, you're, you're still going to have a base of some of these base plays that the Cowboys like to run, but it's not going to be a Garrett offense predictability, right? So um, I think one thing that we're going to notice a, a little bit of a wrinkle is going to be an hurry up offense, a change of pace offense. As fans of the Cowboys, when we'd be watching a game, you would love to see when Dak Prescott would execute this because he was really good in the two-minute drill. And whenever Jason Garrett got bold, which was rare, <laughs> he would try <laughs> to run this, and, and they would execute it well. They could move the ball down the field real quick, get in the position to score. Um, so I think McCarthy is going to use use this. They did it at Green Bay. I remember watching the playoff games of the Cowboys. I hated when the, when the Packers were executing that hurry up because – our defense couldn't stop it, man. It was, it was, it was, a, it was hard. You know, it, it, it puts a lot of pressure on the defense. Um, so I think we'll see more of that. It won't be very, you know, rarely that they're going to do it. I think we'll see it in every game at some point of the game. And it won't be as rare <laughs> as it was under Jason Garrett, Mike. No, I think you're, I think you're spot on with the hurry up offense, Joe. And, you know, something Aaron Rodgers does well is hurry up. And get and get on the offensive line, hike that ball. You get free five. You get a free five yard penalty because it's twelve man on the field. Exactly. And, yep. And you and and you might see that you know with Mike McDaniel might carry over to Dak Prescott. Mm -hmm. So uh, you know, and, and what that entails is there's no substitution on the offense, so the ref won't stand there you know on the hash mark with the football waiting for the defense to to, to get ready. As long as the offense don't substitute. And the, and the defense is, you can hike that ball whenever you want. You, you don't got to wait for uh, the defense. So you might see that. And correct me if I'm wrong here, Joe, but I think Dak Prescott is more accurate in a hurry-up offense. You look at his deep balls, you look at his slants. I mean, I think when he's up-tempo, he's more accurate. Am I wrong? No, no, you're not wrong. And I think it's, it's a big part of the competitive nature of Dak Prescott you know that I think he really shines and you hit it right on the head um he's able to hit everything you know and I think that's why fans were so uh they wanted to see more of it because he executed it so well when they would rarely do it you know but uh yeah that's 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 a true thing that's a fact Mike what's the second one what's the second wrinkle Another wrinkle that we're probably going to see, Mike, is going to be more Tony Pollard. You know, we had this uh, fantasy last season that, uh, you know, Tony Pollard was going to come in here and light it up and two two back sets with Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott. And uh, when 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 the season came, none of it happened. It, it, none of it <laughs> happened. And, and you're just like, man, what a waste of a fourth-round pick. Look what this guy does when you give him the ball. And they don't do it. That was, a, that was the most frustrating thing under Garrett, man. You, they have talented players here, but they wouldn't use the talent. With McCarthy, he excels in putting his players in position to show off that talent, right? So I think Tony Pollard is tailor-made for Mike McCarthy's system and what they're going to want to do. And um, I think he's, he's going to be one player that's really going to have the opportunity to shine. I did a poll here. 
uh, in my community on my YouTube channel as far as which second year player would would be would have the largest impact. And by no surprise, Tony Pollard led the way with a large percentage. It wasn't even close. Okay, I think a lot of fans see that, and I think uh, McCarthy knows he has that player to to make it happen. Absolutely, Tony Pollard. We were screaming for it. We've been talking about it here on the Frisco Report. He has to get utilized. I mean, that's you want to talk about Jason Garrett wasting talent. He wasted the first year of Tony Pollard's career. Yeah. Because just what he brings is his elusiveness to get upfield and not get tackled. You know, his speed to stop on a dime and get upfield. Mike McCarthy has to see that and he has to use it. Well, I get so passionate, man. It's like the Holy Ghost coming through me when I talk about Tony Pollard. They got to <laughs> give him the football, Joe. I 100% agree with the second wrinkle. What's the yeah. third one? Yeah. Another wrinkle that we're going to see, guys is cd lamb okay and and i know some people might be thinking oh that's not really a wrinkle but here's the wrinkle here's the wrinkle guys cd lamb plays on the outside he can play on, on the inside uh coach riley had him move them all over the place there at oklahoma and uh mike mccarthy is going to utilize that skill set you know he can put him on the outside he can put amari cooper in the slot if they want to put gallup in the slot and Cooper, the other guy on the outside, they can do that. Like, it's uh, that in itself is going to put a lot of pressure on the defense, you know, especially these uh, defensive coordinators that that want to carry the set their cornerback with their number one. They're not going to really know, you know, who who who's their cornerback going to carry? Who are they going to shadow? You know, is it going to be Ceedee Lamb? Are they going to be able to make that adjustment? And I think that keeps the defense on their heels. And again, puts a lot of pressure on the defense. So that is the wrinkle. C.D. Lamb is going to make defenses uh, really question uh, how to how to game plan the receiver there. Great point, Joe. 100% agree with this wrinkle. Not only do they put they have to put the game plan together, you can't double coverage everybody. Zeke demands eight in the box. You can't put eight in the box when you got Michael Gallup, C.D. Lamb. Yeah, and Amari Cooper out there, right? You you you, can, you have to double team one, but you can't double team them all. And you know you got and a guy like Blake Jarwin playing, you know, the tight end position that can destroy you in the middle. I would love to see a linebacker versus Blake Jarwin all day long because if you bring that free safety down, and this is the CD Lamb wrinkle, right? You bring that free safe that free safety down to get Jarwin, you just got one on one coverage with Michael Gallup or CD Lamb or Amari Cooper, this offense can be and will be dangerous, Joe. Absolutely, man. That And that's the wrinkle, man. That's the wrinkle, everybody. Um, the interchangeability that CeeDee Lamb brings you. You know, you you could say you could do that with, with uh, Randall Cobb, but uh, uh, this is a different beast here. You know, we're talking oh, about – Yeah, different beast, man. So, I love it, man. What's the next wrinkle, Joe? The next wrinkle is going to be play action, Mike. And this is this is kind of like the same kind of topic discussion we had with the hurry up offense, you know. And and you would you would see uh, you know pregame shows talk about this. The Cowboys gotta you know they gotta they gotta run the ball and open up the play action. Well, guess what? <laughs> the play action was rarely there 
uh, with the Cowboys. And it, actually, it seemed like it was there early in the season. You know, it looked like, oh, man, here we go. Uh, Kellen Moore's got all the keys. You know, he's different than Linehan. We're kicking butt here. And then you saw it go away for some reason. Like, where did the play action go? Where did <laughs> where did this innovative-minded offense go? Like, what happened here? So, um, it's just more of the Garrett you know, bumbling of the game planning and just not utilizing the talent. I think play action is really going to be another thing here that's really going to be the wrinkle. Uh, but this time, they're really going to use it. You know, I think they'll really be able to use it here with McCarthy, especially with that three-headed beast at wide receiver, Mike. Yes, play action is, is Dak Prescott's strike. We're talking about the hurry-up offense. Play action, Dak is more accurate and play action too. this the stats are there go look them up and that opens up everything right those linebackers bite on zeke getting that football they bite on tp getting that football and cd lamb michael gallup amari cooper blake jarwin they all benefit from that play action but you have yes we just talked about the cd lamb wrinkle but you have to build that running game in order to set up that play action and if you're ranked probably 17th to 32nd, we're going to pound you with Zeke and save some wide receiver legs. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's what's going to happen. You know, I, I love this. I love this wrinkles here that we're talking about here, Mike. The next one, it's a little the bit last of a, one. Yeah, the, there... the last one. The fifth one is the addition of Coach Joe Philbin, the offensive line coach. And how this is a wrinkle is – when McCarthy got hired into this team, one of his key additions he knew he had to make was getting the right offensive line coach to run his offense, right? I like what Colombo did with the Cowboys offense. He was obviously a lot better, you know, when, when he took over. You know, you saw you saw the offensive line kind of look, you know, they got back on track. But the, I think a key part of the success of Mike McCarthy's success in uh, Green Bay was his assistant, Joe Philbin. And for him to take over the offensive line, you're going to see some more concepts. <clears throat> Obviously, you're still going to see the zone blocking scheme, but you're going to see some of the more of the uh, Joe Philbin concepts to to really tire out the defense. And we're talking about, you know, doing some pulls, that kind of thing. And, and, and he knows he can execute this with this offensive line, you know, whether it's uh, Zach Martin pulling uh, one of the Connors, both of them are athletic to do it. So um, I, I I love this. I love this. You know, keep those uh, big bodies moving, tire out that uh, defensive line. Yes, 1,000% agree with Joe Philbin here. He has offensive coordinator experience. He, had, he has head coaching experience. He has offensive line experience, okay? And the zone schemes is very important because that opens up the holes, right? You talk about Emmett Smith days. That was a goal. That was a zone scheme, right? Not not saying that we're bringing the nineties back to the Cowboys, right? But what I'm saying is when you teach those offensive line, the technique and how to move and how to adjust and open up lanes, it's dangerous, Joe. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And, And it's all about, keeping these athletic um, offensive linemen that we have to get to the second level, you know, blow up those, those linebackers. And when you do that, Zeke's going to feast. Tony Pollard's going to hit some home runs. 
and we're going to see more points on the scoreboard, baby. Yes, sir. Absolutely, Joe. Absolutely. Well, guys, that concludes the Frisco report on this Tuesday, guys. Um, Joe, where can they find you? Yeah, guys, you can find me on YouTube. That's really where I reside at. And that's just look me up. Cowboys blog. All right. Cowboys blog on YouTube. Hit me up on Twitter. Cowboys blog net. And uh, on Instagram. Cowboys blog net. Okay, guys. Absolutely, guys. You can also find the Frisco Report. iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Google Play. Go to the FriscoReport.com. Joe's channel is linked on top of there as well as mine. Um, there's also Father's Day merch coming, guys. So make sure you go check that out. If you're a dad, if your dad listens to this, look look, look at him. Uh, don't you have a discount code or something going on right now, Joe? Yeah, uh, June 1st until uh, the end of the week, which is coming is right around the corner. But I will have another one here uh, for Father's Day. But, yeah, go hit it up, thefriscoreport.com. Have a lot of new merch that just dropped. We got the Wolf Hunter um, Cowboys blog. We got the Frisco Report signature shirt there. So, you know, you guys that love, watch, that love listening to the podcast, we know it. We see the numbers. Thank you guys out there. Show some love and uh, tag us. You know, if you pull some of this uh, Frisco Report merch, tag me and Mike, and we'll gladly, you know, retweet it out there, guys. Absolutely. And uh, and the at the Frisco Report on Twitter, guys. Thank you for listening. I'm Dallas Cowboy Football News on YouTube and on Facebook. DCF News 1 on Twitter, guys. Give me a follow. Give me a mention. Give me a DM. That's where the conversation starts. Until next time, we'll be back with a new episode of the Frisco Report next Tuesday, guys. Tune in. Thank you. Stay safe. Stay blessed. Peace. Peace.